and we are live how's it going everyone welcome back to the art of game mastery's finding paths stream i'm john this is my co-host jack i got the direction right this time <laughs> um today we're going to be talking about uh one shots which is something uh, i know both of us have a lot of opinions on um some of them are the same, some of them are different, so it should be an interesting discussion. Uh, Jack, you want to kick us off on this one? I know you're the one who brought this topic, wanted to do this topic real bad, so... What do you think Sounds about these good. things? Like, what's the best <laughs> way to go about them? Um, well, first of all, I think we should actually, before we get into um, how one-shots work and everything, there's kind of two different kinds of one-shots, I feel like, and um, they might not be... Uh, there's a bit of confusion around the terminology there. And I, and I don't know what the correct description of it is, but I know that some people consider one shots to be literal one shots where like they take one session in and out one and done. And then there's some people who consider one shots to be like one scenario where it might be a few sessions long, might be, you know, a handful of sessions long. Um, and I don't know necessarily know one's more correct than the other. Uh, I don't know. What's your, what's your idea of what a one-shot is, Jack? Well, I have really stretched the meaning of what a one-shot is these days, and that's what we're going to cover here between what I call small shots or many shots, something, you know, in the middle. But typically to me, a one-shot is a specific event where you are not playing for any kind of long-term solution. So you're spending all of your money, all of your resources, it's just this one game, it's only tonight, that kind of uh, mindset. So you, you're more in the camp of um, a one-shot last one session, one night, after that it's over kind of deal, like, like ideally, right? Is that what I'm understanding? That is, that is ideal. That's that kind ideal. of the camp yeah, I'm in as well, though. So for, for games like Fate or uh, some of the more indie narrative RPGs with a lot, you know, very streamlined system, very like rules light, so to speak, I think it's a lot easier to do. Um, with games like Pathfinder and D&D &D, where combat's a big part of it and combat, as we know, can take a while, especially if you have larger parties, I feel like it's much more difficult to fit an entire scenario into a single session, even if you're running like a four-hour four -hour session. Like... Um, Today, we ran a Shifting Sands game, right? Um, and we did manage to do that, but we barely managed to do it in four hours. Um, and we really didn't quite finish either. Like, we didn't actually turn in the quest that you guys completed. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we completed it. So I think that was one of the rare times where it does fall into place for me. Um, but I think more often than not, uh, when I prep for a one shot it ends up taking two or three sessions and arguably that's partially my fault i plan too much um i know that was certainly case for the the fate actual play we did the first part of and we still have to do the second couple parts for um but i think that it's it's kind of with games like pathfinder and D, &D especially it's kind of hard to uh plan a session that you know is only going to take a single session because you never know what your players are gonna you know what direction they're going to go off in and kind of 
play around somewhere. Like you guys spent a lot of time today in town, a lot more than I expected you to. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, when you run one shot, do they normally do you normally let them last a single session, or do they ever go over? That is the problem with my one shots. If I so I have met at uh, basically like taverns or friends' houses for specific occasions, people's birthdays, where we've played just a one shot. It was that one night. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is, is that my one shots end up being they end up being a bit like side quests, where they end up take just a few um, a few more sessions to kind of get through. So, do you, I guess I'm trying to understand your alignment here. So you're saying that ideally one shot should take one session, but it's hard to do that, right? Is that what you're trying to say? I, I have a hard time executing that because yeah, okay. I'm the same way. Yeah. for what's going to happen in a game, and sometimes um, I'm trying to pack too much in there. Uh, usually you're worried about... Um, Having too little content, oh, and you end up over You don't want them to freeze through the, the combat and be completely done and then find that boring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a delicate balance that, you know, a GM's going to be concerned with no matter what style of game they're playing. Um, but, but, you know, given the natures of one-shots, I feel like the stakes are much higher because if you under-prepare a one-shot, um, you're kind of boned, right? Because now all of a sudden they have nothing to do. And if you try to come up with something on the spot, it's hard to come up with something that fits in like 30 minutes, say, right? Or, or an hour or whatever, however much time you have left. But if you over-prepare, now all of a sudden there's no, there's no like satisfying, satisfying ending to everything, unless you go over and do more sessions, which everyone has to be on board with. So it's kind of like finding that balance is really hard, um, I think, as a game master. And, you know, if you're running a full-on campaign, it's not that big of a deal because there's always next week right or if you're running or if you're running if you ran a if you spent or they spent too little time on it then you can just prepare a bigger quest that's going to go over next week anyway so it's kind of that balance isn't as difficult for when you're running a longer longer spanning game but yeah i, I agree with you um so what are some in your opinion what are some uh approaches you can take to try to mitigate that like, what are some tricks you've come up with over over the years? Um, what are my uh, my tricks for uh, compiling down my expectations or making the game just be one shot? Yeah, like trying to, trying to fit... Sorry, my dog just started fighting <laughs> with each other. Um, trying to fit a, uh, you know, a session you've prepared into a one shot. Like, when you're planning your session, what are some tricks you've come up with in order to um, try to gauge that time frame more accurately? Okay, um, my biggest problem is that I'll usually do about three encounters when I probably only need one. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I say encounters, I don't necessarily mean combats. Right. Um, Social encounters like or... The, that one shot that we threw when we were at Gen Con, um, I had initially planned for there to be um, basically a little bit of investigation, a little bit of exploration, and then end that with a combat. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being the right amount for... A one shot. We were done with that. How long did that game take? Two hours? Three hours? Yeah, like two, two and a half hours, something like that. It was it was the it was the perfect sizing for a, a conference one shot, I felt like. Um 
And we, I think, in that game, didn't we have a new player as well? Someone who had not played Pathfinder 2E? I can't recall. Yeah, we had new players pretty much at all of the, the games that we played at Gen Con, so yeah. not, not a lot of people had... That was actually had, something... Somebody... Sorry, go ahead. Everyone had somebody in their group that was, uh, you know, had not been exposed to Pathfinder 2. Either they were had played a you know Pathfinder first edition or had just only played fifth. Yeah, that was actually something I uh, ran into when prepping for the Shifting Sands game for today. Um, is that we actually had some people who were new to Pathfinder. We had people who were newer new to Foundry or newer to Foundry. We had people who, um, and you know, we had a group of people who hadn't really played together in the game yet um and i think that was <sighs> these dogs man do you do that somewhere else like yeah. you're doing it just right there right in one front of the stream anyway um so where was i going with this oh yeah so we had a, we had all these like things that take up time in a session right so like new players have to figure out how to play the game new um people to foundry we have to you know play around or you know like even i learned a lot of things about foundry that i didn't know when i was playing today so there's time explaining that to people there was time um taken away from just kind of figuring each other out you know trying to get each other's vibes and figure out what's cool with who um so there's all these things that take time and then on top of that you have to figure out okay well how much time is that going to take and how much time are they actually going to be able to spend playing the game right and that's that's difficult and um i'm actually really surprised i was able to pull that off with all those things uh you know against us there um and i think you know the players are just as uh you know they take just as much credit for it as i do in that you guys were very efficient in combat our combat encounters were very you know on point like everyone knew what they were doing like even even the new players were like okay this is what i want to do how do i do it you know what i mean so like everyone was on point. Combat didn't take terribly long, even though like the last combat you guys went through was basically an entire dungeon in waves because of the way you guys approached it. Um, I thought it went really well, and I was really surprised at how fluid <laughs> things went. Um, that went that went a little too too smooth. That yeah. was uh, it was great, and uh, it went by really really quickly. Um, so there's a lot of things to, to think about, like when you're planning a one shot that you really can't plan for, mm -hmm. um, like finding out who's going to actually show up to the table. Uh, it, when I plan one shots, I usually know who's going to be there and like what level of skill they are. Yeah. So I can plan in advance for that kind of thing. But when we start off with a game, say like at a Gen Con show or reaching out to a discord to a bunch of, you know, online people that we just met, we probably should be planning for extra time because we had to do some meet and greet here. Yeah. Like you said, finding out vibing, we kind of need to go in a circle and, um, and kind of introduce ourselves. And that would be the same for in a group that you already know, but your introductions will be a little bit more streamlined since you'll just be introducing your character, you know, your, your ancestor, your class, like what your character is. Right. Um, Spiker, stop messages on Discord. We're busy. Um, so, <laughs> got completely threw off my train of thought just now. Um, so, one of the things I like to do uh, is to design something and then cut back. You know what I mean? So, like when I, I have an idea of, of the of the plot line, the um, the encounters I want to include, and I design it all. But then I cut stuff afterwards. I'm like, okay, this is what I what I expect 
to happen, you know, I'm going to pull out 20% of it and, and then like put it on the side and be like, okay, if I need it, it's there, but I'm not going to plan to use it unless I have to. So it's kind of like it's prepped and it's there if I need it, but, um, I don't want to, I don't want to have it in there and like expect it to be there because if, if we're running low on time, I want to be able to have a path through. So, um, is a good idea. I mean, it almost seems like you're planning for like some randomness in that regard. Right. It's like, it's like, I, I don't, it's kind of like when, when, um, so I'm, I'm a software engineer by trade, right? In the game industry, uh, video game industry. And when we're planning our, our work for what we call our sprints, which are basically two week intervals, um, you know, we, we all get together and say, we expect this to take this much time, or we expect this task to be this size of a task, right? Um, and then we always pad that by like 20%. It's the same kind of thing if you run a, if you run a business, right? And you're trying to build timelines, you always want to pad it or, or, or figure out costs, right? You, you always want to pad whatever you think by like 20%. It's the same kind of deal here, except that you're, you're subtracting, right? Like you're, you're, you're saying, okay, I think this is going to take this much time, but I'm probably going to be wrong. So I'm going to take off this 20%, cut it out, keep it on the side here. And if, if I do need it, it's there available to me and I can kind of slide it in, slip it in. And maybe I slip it in somewhere else too. That's also an option depending on what you're running. Um, but kind of I mean, expect things to take longer like than you planned for. What was that? That sounds like a lot more work for like my. Well, it's really shots, not right because you're 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 prepping the same going. amount. You're just saying, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pretend I didn't prep this, and then in the moment, I'm like, okay, it's like it's we're running up on three hours. We've got about an hour left. They're about three quarters of the way through this. Um, you know, we could probably get we could probably get done in an hour. So I'm gonna slide this one encounter I had originally planned but cut out in just to try to pad some time. You know what I mean? But it's uh, I don't know. It's just a way. It's just a, a way I've learned to deal with it, and I think it's worked for the most part. There's definitely been times it hasn't worked. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Do you have any you other gotta, tricks like that? That. Well, you gotta know your group size. Um, we had. I think I cut out. That or you cut out. Nope. I hear you. Um. So if you know your group size, that can play a big role. Uh, for one of my birthday games, um, one of my best friends decided to throw me a uh, surprise one-shot for my birthday. Um, and they didn't realize that we were going to have, like, you know, 20 people there and 12 people wanting to play. Mm. So they had planned for about three encounters, which was when they had asked me, absentmindedly of like what to do in a one shot. I had given, you know, that suggestion about doing, look for three different things, you know, whether it be exploration, three combats or a combination of, you know, some kind of mystery solving, something simple and straightforward, yeah. told them that. And so they had designed kind of like two encounters and some exploration to go into a dungeon. And um, for all 12 of us to play, <laughs> we managed to get through one, one single combat just because, you know. Yeah. Were you playing all all in one game? Like all together? Like the party yeah, of 12? All 12 of us played in one game. Yeah, it's tough. So, you know what? He did really well. That was his yeah. first game and one shot. And um, that was a, a game back in 3.5, which 
has a little bit more uh, assembly than like fifth edition does. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that when we were setting up for Pathfinder, so if you're setting up for Pathfinder, character creation takes, would you agree, it takes longer? Yeah. So that is something to think about. When you're doing a one-shot for 5e, you've got these, you know, little cutout builds that you can kind of, there's there's very little work that needs to go into it. Whereas with Pathfinder, there's so many more things to choose from, from your, you know, your ancestry to your ancestral feet. Uh, you don't have the, you know, to really pick those uh, when choosing your race in 5th edition. Yeah, it, you know, you bring a good point, and it is, you know, around character creation. And I think that, Usually when I run for a one-shot that's, like, specifically a one-shot for a um, a group of new players especially, I like to pull out template, like, pre-generated characters. Because that cuts off a lot of time, right? Um, or the alternative is to plan the characters together in advance. Um, and with the thanks to the things like Discord and whatnot, that's a lot easier these days. Um, even if the game is in person, it can really behoove you to get that quote-unquote session zero out of the way, you know, virtually and asynchronously via something like Discord ahead of time so that you're not wasting time, you know, during your game actually building the characters. Um, but let's... Uh, my train of thought it keeps going. The, the Discord messages are going crazy across my screen. It keeps throwing off my train of thought. I'm sorry. Sorry, audience. Um, we got to, like, figure out a way to, to mute. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what was I going with this? One shots. So one shots, uh, I think we've talked about what they are a bit, but let's talk about when to use them, right? So when, when do you think one shots are appropriate versus something like a campaign? I mean, the obvious, the obvious situation is when you only have one night to play, right? Um, but like, in my opinion, another great use case for one shots is when you have new character or new players and you want to get them, ease them into the game. Um, without something like super commitment heavy. That's. Um, can you think of any you know, other situations where it might be? Uh, well, to to uh, explore that um, option, so not really anything new, but to just kind of flesh it out. Uh, we had talked about how to spice up your Halloween games, so those tend to be great for one shots right around that time when you want to throw that you know costume party, or get together for that special occasion those are usually i feel like there is way more halloween one shots than there is say like yule or winter solstice games mm -hmm. yeah i mean holiday events are great for one shots uh because you have a you have a lot of people you know all gathered in the same area i mean I, i'm making the assumption here that you're someone who goes to events for how for, for holidays okay <laughs> if you're not one of those people that's fine um but if you are one of those people, there's generally a lot of, a lot of uh, you know people all in one area congregating. A lot of them probably haven't played before, but may be interested. A lot of them probably never even thought to play before. Maybe don't even know what it is, and maybe it can intrigue them. It's a great way to get people into the hobby by going to these events and and saying, hey, let's let's play some D and D. Let's play some Pathfinder. Let's you know play tabletop some kind of tabletop RPG. A lot of them probably be like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to try that. Or maybe some will be like, I don't know what that is, but that heck with it, you know, it's something to do. Let's have some fun. Um, I know, like, when I was a kid and I was at Christmas parties or New Year's parties, mm -hmm. usually, you know, the parents would be off doing all of the cooking or, you know, we were supposed to be off doing other playing. Like, we were specifically, all of us were together. And yeah. throwing together a D&D &D game um, 
on one of those nights, like a Christmas party night or a, a New Year's evening night, we usually had so many hours to play and we would be completely unbothered. And the last thing, you know, our parents would have cared is if we were all in one spot rolling some dice and playing a game together. Right. So. Um, one event that an old coworker of mine told me about that happened at Gen Con one year uh, for them, uh, which I thought was really cool and I've always wanted to see happen at some kind of event and maybe even put one on myself, but they had this giant table of like terrain, right? Like actual like physical terrain pieces. And in the back of the table was this giant cool. castle. Um, and, you know, as you went further away from the castle, different kinds of terrain were there. Like there was forest, there was snow, there was desert, etc. And in each of these, you know, throughout the whole table, there were just waves and waves and waves of these monsters. And these things were like hulking things like giants and dragons and all kinds of these crazy, just massive beasts, right? High level, etc. And he, the person who was running the game just had a stack of character sheets, right? Just like literally just one on top of the other, like a, like a, a big stack of them, right? Because you know, yeah. people were dying <laughs> left and right. And basically you got in line and you got you grabbed whatever character sheet was on top of the pile. Like it didn't matter what you wanted to play. What you got is what you got. And basically collectively, everyone was trying to get from the rear of the table to defeat the demon lord in the castle, right? And... You know, people were, they were all like, there were characters at level one, there were characters at level 20. There was like, this, it was luck of the draw, right? And it sounded really fun because, like, you know, you had a group of people who would just, you know, oh, I got a level three ranger, right? Like, how am I going to best take advantage of this to, like, I know I'm going to die. Like, I'm up against all these things, but how can I whittle away at the most I can with this opportunity? And then when you die, you get the back of the line and you go through again, right? And it's just, it sounded really fun. I thought, you know, that's like a really good way to run a holiday style game especially um if you're at somewhere like um for those of you in orange county you might be familiar with a, a brewery called gamecraft if gamecraft put something like this on for i don't know halloween or whatever right um i think it'd be really cool it, it would you know you don't have to be and it, this was for like D second edition i think he said so the rules were pretty light for the most part so it's pretty easy to you know pick up and go quickly but I thought that was really cool. And I've always wanted to try running something like that. It's it's kind of a different take on a one-shot, right? It's not really your typical one-shot. It's more like taking D&D &D and it's making it an event, right? But, That's, uh, so that guy must have put a ton of work into all those character sheets. Uh, so as far as, from what I understand, he literally just went online on a character sheet generator and just pressed the button a bunch of times and took whatever it got. <laughs> I would I would do that differently. I would be stealing like characters from my players, like just get their consent and be like, "Hey, I want to feature your character in my slog fest," <laughs> to like get like a bunch of different varied level characters. Yeah. But I mean, you'd have to so have was, a lot, right? Like you'd have to have like hundreds, which would be you know putting all those together would be tough. I don't know. I, I, maybe you have, like you've that. had hundreds of characters at different levels, but I don't think I have. I wish we could see if, uh, if anyone thinks that that kind of event would be awesome. Um, so when to use a one-shot. So we talked about mostly it's those exciting events. Um, what was your other um, suggestion for when to throw a one-shot? Um, uh, new players. Like parties, new player? like, like just getting together with groups of people. Okay. What I tend to use one-shots for, and I use them quite often, 
is to break up a long running campaign. Um, sometimes we've talked about before where like players kind of just show up on a specific night, you know, it, yeah. every Tuesday night, players show up and they're like, what we do is Pathfinder. What we yeah. do is D&D. This is the game that we're here to play. And I feel like people can get kind of into a routine with the game i don't want the game to be a routine you know like if it were we would probably be playing a different style of game maybe a video game instead of a tabletop and so i use um one shots as kind of like the season finale so when my uh, when we're at a good point in the story arc to kind of end i'm gonna have a little you know fall break a little winter break in there and i want to throw in the one shot and this is also kind of really helpful for GMs who are constantly coming up with ideas. I don't know if anybody else is in that camp where I've got so many ideas and I'm writing them all down and I just, I'm kind of sad to watch them go to waste. Um, so I'm always wanting, I've, I've got several one-shot ideas in mm -hmm. my head and I want to just kind of run these different ideas. Or I'd like to think that they are going to be full fleshed out stories. And the problem is, is that I'm already invested in a game. It's going to be really hard to, you know, make time to have a second game or a third game. Yeah. I in your Tagusia game, I thought it was interesting I, when you did your first kind of season-ending one-shot, or I guess season-opener mm -hmm. one-shot, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, it was like, it was the same world and like characters that were in the world, but it was in the past. So it was like, and then like in the next season, we kind of like saw references to these characters we met in the one-shot, mm -hmm. which I thought was, was a neat approach to that that I hadn't really seen before. Um, for me, I like having those like scenario ending seasons, so to speak, but I like using those as an opportunity for everyone to take a break and recharge, um, especially me if I'm game mastering, because as a game master, it takes a lot of energy and effort to keep building these worlds and everything. Um, and sometimes you just need to take, take a step back and chill. Like, so this, you know, with the stress of everyday life along with it, you just kind of need, need a break. Um, so I like to use those um kind of breaks in the story is a, a way to do that but the one shot idea is actually pretty neat i've never actually seen that done before um so kudos <laughs> to you for thinking of that um so to, to fill in some more information on what john is referring to um i i did a one shot as like a season hiatus to fill in and flesh out some backstory so some of the characters were getting pretty heavily invested in some of the stories and some of the plot lines. And if you're doing something with, um, I don't know, vampires, aberrations, elves, and fey creatures, they tend to live for thousands of years. And they might have really long and complex backstories. And some of that stuff might be um, might be a burden on the players to sit and listen to. And if you're not throwing out those breadcrumbs and you know giving a reason to this backstory, this lore for your players to get invested in, it could just seem like a dump and a waste of time. So um, to enhance the story, I had the the players, they did not know that they were going to be playing um, in the same world as kind of like um, an intro to a, like a typical JRPG. Um, I think, was it Lufia? Lufia 1 and 2 were Lunia. pretty much no, inspired um, by John. Have you played those games? Uh, Lunar. Lunar 1 and 2, is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. yeah. Where they basically... It starts off with the heroes of origin and their badassery, level twenty powerhouse characters. Wasn't that the the biggest reason behind us doing that one shot? Was we wanted to see how Pathfinder's level twenty worked? 
I think that, that was is... a major major consideration. Yeah. Well, we voted. We wanted to see a commoner uh, game or a, a level twenty yeah. game. So a commoner game would have been everybody would have been level zero, and it would have been you know uh, kind of like a slaughterhouse of common folk people trying to to kind of like in Dragon Age where you start and you're like you have your little prologue where you know, yes. you're, you're nothing yet. You're just a noble son or something. And, mm -hmm. and so uh, the level 20 idea won out. Um, I recommend if anybody's planning on doing a one-shot and they've already played some of Pathfinder, doing a level 20 game is a great way to see just how pounds their games all the way to the very end. And um, ask me if I'd like to do that with 5th edition. Well, you couldn't really do it with 5th edition. The game would just fall apart. <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah. well, I've actually, like I've actually, I've advantage. actually both run and played in a level twenty fifth edition game, and it just it was not as fun as I thought it would be. In either case, um, it was as a GM, it was incredibly frustrating, and as a player, it was just kind of I don't know. It really didn't feel any different than running a lower level game, in my opinion. Like, yeah, you had more spells and you had you did more damage and things like that, but just the way the game mechanically worked, it just didn't feel any different to me. Well, I had I had like a different problem entirely with uh, my fifth edition playing a max level game, where we were so so brokenly overpowered that the GM. Like what they had prepared, they didn't feel was adequate as a challenge for us. We disintegrated a dragon in one shot. Totally, um, yeah. That's that's what I meant by as a GM, it's really frustrating. But that's what I mean. Like as a player, it just it's boring because there's no tension. There's no. Um, it just doesn't feel good, in my opinion. It doesn't feel satisfying. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um. But yeah, I mean that's. That's one of the most common complaints about 5e, right? Even among 5e players is that, you know, and it's why official adventure paths typically end at level 10 or 11, because beyond that is when things start to go downhill, which is fine, you know, like, whatever. Um, admittedly, it takes a long time to get to level 10 or 11, even in D&D, the way the level scaling works. Um, in Pathfinder 2e, I feel like you breeze through those levels a lot quicker because it's just a flat 1,000 EXP per level. Uh, you know, assuming you're using XP and not like milestone leveling or something, but um, so I, I don't know. I mean, really it's a common complaint about five E, but I don't think it's that big of a deal um, because it, you just don't play at high levels. That's also all there is to it. And I don't know. What were you gonna so say? That's a great uh, one shot option if you're looking um, to see just the extent of how I recommend that. Um, Lines is talking about the commoner um, option. There are some, uh, would you call them variant rules? <clears throat> I'd have to, I mean, there are variant rules, but I'd, I'd have to see where you're going with this this line of thought before I could say so whether. There are, so there are some variant rules where players will, uh, GMs or players will be like, hey, this variant rule seems really interesting. I want to see what it would be like in the game. And a GM who's already invested hugely entirely into their main plot it's like, nah, let's not do that because I don't want to risk derailing the game or breaking the game. That's a perfect time to throw in a one-shot yeah. when your players are looking for, you know, spicing up the rules a bit and trying some of these alternate rule systems. Yeah, I mean, whole playtesting is a prime candidate for one-shots, right? 
because you can yeah, you can target you can target the campaign to exactly what you want to test and try to give what you want to test the most quote unquote screen time as uh, as you can. Um, so you can really drill down on what you're trying to test and figure out the answers you're looking for. Um, that's probably I mean I use the our West Marches game uh, as kind of my testing bed for things like that. Uh, but admittedly, West Marches games, if done right, are basically a series of one shots um, for the most part. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, when when <laughs> when Paizo releases a lot of their playtest material, they release a lot of one shots or mini adventure paths, like two or three sessions to go along with it. So you can, you know, have something to play them in to kind of figure them out. What were you going to say? I was uh, just thinking about how it's kind of like a multi-shot um, because they're like, it's almost episodic in range. I'm I, I like based on the research I did on my you know one shots and then like just us beating back. There's like so many different variables to what makes you know a one shot a one shot because well, I'm no so one agrees. That's what I was, that's what I was kind of getting to at the beginning of this. No one really agrees on what a one shot is fundamentally. <laughs> that's the hard part, right? And so, um, but there's so many uses mm -hmm. and practicality for you know for a drive-by game where you're just going to show up, you know, and deliver, and you might never see those people again. Uh, specifically, you know, at conventions, it's a great time to kind of show off, you know, the, the rule set. So I think um, a different thing to look at for when you're throwing one-shots, not just for Pathfinder, but sometimes one-shots are really great for throwing down a different, um, you know, game into your mix from Starfinder to Call of Cthulhu. I was just about to say that. It's a really good way to kind of broaden your horizons, expand your palette. Um, Absolutely. Without committing to an entire campaign. You know, maybe you guys end up playing it and not liking it. You don't really want to deal with a whole campaign of it. and you, st But you still can, if it's a one-shot, you can still kind of get your satisfying ending, even if the system isn't for you, um, which I think is good. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I'd also say that with one shots, it's also not. Like, I don't know. When I run run shots, I'm a lot less strict with the rules. You know, I mean, you know me. I, when I'm playing a campaign, I I like to be correct about the rules. And even in today's game, I'm like, listen, like I, I make mistakes, and I know people often hate on rules lawyering, but if it's something you know is a rule and I'm doing it wrong, tell me because I'm I'll happily correct it because I want to be as correct as I can with the rules. Whereas a lot of the GMs are more hand wavy in their approach, right? They don't care so much about that. Which is fine, right? Neither, neither one of those is wrong. Um, <laughs> but I think when I do right. play one shot, I am much more hand wavy with the rules just because I don't care, like, right? It's like, we're here for a good time, not a long time, right? <laughs> no, that's, that's a very so, point. Maybe even I would say to go as far as I would recommend if you are normally very rules lawyery or very strict with the rules, that a one shot is a good time to kind of loosen up and see yeah. how it feels. It's it's definitely a good way, you know, if you're if you're running a long campaign and you're feeling very uh you know, burnout because of all the work you're doing or all the, you know, just the stress of it all, maybe take a step back and let either some of your players run a one shot or just you just throw together a quick hand wavy one shot with not super serious not paying much attention to what was that you just brought up the next point I was what's that <laughs> um so i have always been a gm coach i think you have always been a gm coach 
you you look kind of at your players and you go like this person is my next apprentice mm -hmm. next padawan i gotta teach them how to be a gm because i can clearly see that they would like running games and it's half of it selfish because maybe you don't want to play anymore or run the game you know and the other half is you know you want to you want to see their potential and um so this is where the one shots come in is that you encourage that person to be like hey you know why don't you throw a one shot and it gives it lets them dip their toes into uh, GMing or DMing. I think one shot is kind of the perfect solution for first time gaming. Yeah, I mean this this stream is primarily Pathfinder Two E, right? But we're at a chan as a channel, we are a general game mastery channel, right? And one of the things we love to see and love to encourage is new people, you know, stepping behind the screen, so to speak. Even if you don't use a screen, that's figure speech. But anyway, the pe people trying out GMing for the first time, you know, it's often quite intimidating oh we got a, we got a bit of uh feedback hold on one second let me figure this out i think it's lag on my part okay you know my always struggling to keep up with you let me just try something real quick here all right um so i'll try to talk not as loud either um so you know we love to encourage people to try out new um or try out game mastering for the first time, right? Because it's it's often really intimidating to people. It's often like, oh, like what where do I even start? You know, like do I have the, the improv chops for this? And I think that um a lot of people why where is that feedback coming from? I don't even see my mic lighting up, so I don't I don't think it's on my end, which is usually it's on my end. Hold on a second. Oh, you know what? I think I know what it is. One second. No, it's totally on my end. Was it? Yeah, I'm seeing my mic light up when you talk. Let me um try turning me down a little bit on Discord. I'm gonna turn you down. You All keep right. you keep trying, but I'm gonna turn you down. So, uh, but yeah, in general, we just we like to encourage people to try out game mastering, and um, like Jack Jackie said, one shots are a great low commitment way to do that. Um, you know, usually your players know that it's not something super serious, so they're not super concerned if you get things wrong or screw things up. If somebody dies, no big deal. You know, like it's, I think it's a lot more, um, beginner friendly, I guess, as a game master perspective. So I think that's probably one of the, one of the most useful, um, yeah, the digital screen. <laughs> there you go. Um, definitely the new age we've been seeing so many new gms kind of show up since you know uh tabletop rpgs have kind of really yeah. picked up yeah i think now that things have entered the mainstreaming or mainstream that a lot more dms are gms are popping out of the woodwork um i know that when i first started gming i was extremely intimidated um and i wanted to run a one shot but my group of friends who wanted me to gm who had never played D, &D before and they're like hey and we never played but we really want to can you gm for us i'm like i'll do a one shot like oh well we play like every thursday would you be interested in doing like a long running campaign i'm like uh <laughs> i guess that's a lot to do too <laughs> and i ended up loving it but you know there's there's a high possibility that i wouldn't have loved it right and i would have everyone probably would have had a bad taste left in their mouth so i think that you might you know, consider maybe starting with a, a one shot to really make sure it's for everyone. But 
That was a very long-winded way of saying it's it's, of, it's great to start GMing, folks. That's exceptionally true of starting a one-shot for a different game uh, system. Because I, I, I know a lot of people are very hesitant, and if you're looking to start a new game system, a uh, one-shot is, is a great method for, you know, getting your, your toes wet in that uh, regard. Um, it took me three games. Right now doing the one-shot. It took me three like multi-session games to really figure out how to GM fate, like effectively. Um, those first three games were utterly. I was a terrible fate GM. Those first three games. I, You're talking about your very first games. Yes, or, like my very like first two? fate games I've ever GM. The first three, it took me like that many games, and not not sessions, but games, before I really figured out how to do it. Because at that time, there were no fate actual plays. You know, there were there was no there aren't, weren't a lot of resources because not a lot of people were playing this game. Um, I got into fate, I guess you could say after it's kind of like uh, it's golden year or golden years, right? Like it was really huge from like two thousand four to two thousand seven or so, um, and there's something like that somewhere around there. But then like nowadays, it's it's a lot rarer, and even like in like two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, it wasn't super huge. Um, so, uh. Nowadays, you have a lot of like YouTube uh, personalities who have jumped on the bandwagon and started doing actual plays. So you have a lot of references there to kind of kind of compare to. But at the time, like I was just trying to figure out as I went, and it was completely different than anything I was used to. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, I was trash to be honest with me. But but I, I took a look back and doing one shots was a first. What was that? Did you have somebody run a game for you first? No. Like I had never played, so when, I started with Fate with okay. GMing. I had never played it before, because I had nobody around me who knew how to play it, or a lot of most people around me never even have heard of it. Um, I had a coworker who uh, was real a really big fan of it, and in hindsight, I should have had them run a game for me first. Uh, but they were really into Five E at the time, and they had like five Five E games going. They were like a GM for life kind of deal, and they just didn't have time to do it. But they, you know, at work one day, they sat me down and like really explained the system to me. And like, it made sense, like conceptually. But once I got into play, I'm like, oh shit, how do I do this? And how do I do this? And how do I do this? And in hindsight, it would have been better for me to do a series of one shots rather than try to run these campaigns that ultimately failed all three times, right? Because they just weren't fun for people because I, I was stumbling and yeah, so... I think that, like, like you said, one shots is a great way to learn a system because you can, you can very quickly iterate on your skills and think and look back and say, okay, what did I do right there? What did I do wrong? Right? You run another game. <laughs> P. Raza says, "Be the change you want to see." Right. Um, that's that's pretty hilarious because I was in the same boat. Um, nobody had ever, uh, you know, DM'd or GM'd for me before. I had never actually played in a, in a game. I had only watched people play a star wars game um in like somebody's basement and you know they didn't actually get anything done they they were busy pushing up their glasses and saying actually and arguing the rules <laughs> for a, a couple hours while i was watching so i kind of thought that that was uh what was normal to expect from a tabletop game uh, i was voluntold to to be the gm since i'm the the charismatic one and everybody assumed i was going to be you know yeah, and I, I noticed like I think that there's a characteristic to that like the people who start off jamming before getting a chance to play 
they end up coming, you know, we end up bringing, I want to say it's our style because um, I watched like my friends who I taught how to GM, other people say like, hey, their style is a lot like yours. And I noticed that like from my other friends who had a particular style of play, they were teaching their friends yeah. And so there's like so so to be clear though I started off as a tabletop RPG as a player not a GM. It's just that the first time I played Fate was as a GM because I didn't have anyone. My, my first to time to any tabletop RPG, I was I was GM. Yeah. I, I mean, did, yeah. If you that's a lot of times it's just how you got to get the ball rolling, right? If you got a group of friends who want to give it a, who've never played before and want to give it a try, somebody's got to be yeah. the GM, so it's completely doable. Don't be scared. You can, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> I don't know. When you're with like a group of your peers, usually they're they're busy worrying and thinking about what their character is going to mm. do. They're usually not looking at your game and and judging it. That very rarely happens, especially in a situation with people who never played before, because they don't know they don't know you know what you're doing is wrong or right or whatever. They're just trying to figure it out as they go. So, right, um, and. Um, you look at the rules and you'll be like, this is too complicated. Toss that out. No, John <laughs> said. Um, what we do for one shots for sure. So we, we don't, what was that? We don't have time to be tracking. We don't have time to be tracking arrows and, uh, yeah, if it's a one shot, there's just not, it's just a one not. shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in my, in my longer games, like shifting sands, I'm much more strict with that kind of stuff just because it's a game around getting loot and moving loot between places um but in a one shot i don't give a shit I, I love me some some good diablo style gaming um that is uh we are running decide. up on an hour did you want to did you have anything more you wanted to cover before or did you want to as far as as far as talking about the the shots um i think we're we're up to date on our vaccinations but um <laughs> we can cover some other uh, pertinent topics for us um, we recently had uh, a bunch of people join in. So you guys have been watching on our Twitch and, and our YouTube, about jumping into our Discord. We just ran um, a great game on Sunday. That was this morning. For those of um, you who are tuning in at a later date. And I don't so think we actually went really did well. a Discord announcement because I was uh, not, I, I wasn't at my computer until like the last second that the, before the show was about to start. So unless Jackie took care of it, I never got around to creating the Discord okay. announcement for um, today's <laughs> oh, no, I got show. You. Okay, cool. But we decided that we're going to try YouTube out, uh, play around with it a bit, um, see how it goes. Uh, our, most of our audience seems to be on YouTube. Like we get a lot more views on you, our YouTube VODs than we do on our Twitch streams. So uh, we're going to try this out for a few, a few streams and see how it goes um, from there. Um, as Jackie mentioned, we, we did run a Shifting Sands game with a bunch of new people, which was awesome. Love to see new people join in on that game um, and really, you know, get a bunch of new characters, new, new play styles going. It's fun to see how different play, people play and approach the game. Uh, so definitely, if you're interested in a West March's style Pathfinder 2E game, hit us up in the Discord. Uh, we have both that Discord and the Art of Game Mastery, like the, the regular Art of Game Mastery Discord. Um, to keep the two separate so that people aren't bothered by stuff they don't necessarily care about. Um, see what else we are on Spotify, uh, every week. In fact, Spotify is usually where I, you know, other than the stream itself, it's usually the first pre-recorded thing that goes up. Um, just cause it's a lot easier to get something up on Spotify than it is on YouTube. Um, 
and any other i mean we we have all our social networks that we we'd love it if you guys follow and subscribe if you're on if you're on youtube hit the like button hit the subscribe button hit the bell icon all that jazz help us out on the algorithm um hopefully doing lives on youtube will really help us out in that regard as well we'll see how that goes uh jackie can you think of anything else if, if you guys have if you guys have any other streaming platforms um don't hesitate to share us let us know um we've been trying to find other other streaming groups we're um looking to do some streams some of our live play sessions so that is another thing that john and i are yeah. working on we do um, have uh more stuff going up on the website uh the companion stuff is almost done almost done um just some last minute editing uh grammar and whatnot the stuff i really suck at um and then those will be that'll be up um we got some i mentioned last time that we'll be working on uh stronghold rules which may be the next thing i might actually put that off and do something else that i've been think rolling around in my head um i'll let mm -hmm. you know once i uh come to that conclusion um Jackie, do you have any homebrew stuff you got planned? I'd... I do have some homebrew stuff. I have the, um, what did we end up calling the, we pulled these rules from the, I think it was the Dungeon Master Guide, or it was the Dungeon Master Guide for, uh, Game Master Guide for Pathfinder 2E. What was the rulings we called them for different towns? Like we had like levels for the towns. That was the stronghold oh, stuff? Oh, the settlement. No, no, strongholds is something different. That's, uh, settlements. settlements is what you're talking about. There's a settlement stat blocks, but. So. I'm working on finalizing the stat block. So over the week, I managed to finish my uh, Bree campaign. I got everything together, and I checked in on the players, and it's the holiday season, and everybody is super busy. It'd be but, like that uh, sometimes. It, it was destined to happen. So I have a game ready to go. Um, my um, Town of Bree from Gen Con, I digitized it, mapped, flushed everything out, and put it up on Roll20. So I will be looking to fill slots for that game. I'm probably going to shoot for Thursday. When that goes live, I will probably create like an own special Discord. And if you guys are in our Game Mastery Discord, you guys will get a chance to enter into that. Um, also, anybody who's on the uh, Animal Rights Advocacy will be doing a separate game for, for that. It'll be in 5th edition. So I'll be running this game both in 5th and Pathfinder 2E because I want to compare the two. Uh, so I can do some of my own like analysis side by side. Uh, John and I had talked about like looking at that kind of data from monster stat blocks to like how players start off at level one. And we had talked about it mentioned from the action economy. So I'm curious to see how much more uh, performance I'm going to get out of these two since this module is completed and I want to run it through a few times. Yeah, and to be clear, like you're, I, don't, I think you're homebrewing almost all of your creatures, right? So like you're not using any of the stuff from the bestiary or bestiary. When I when I homebrew, I usually pull straight from the bestiary as guidelines, mm. and I don't stray from those numbers. Okay. So I'm usually just doing reskinning. Gotcha. Um, and in this case, there were already stats for the creatures, okay. so I went ahead and used those, and I'll be using um, since they don't. They don't can compare between Pathfinder and 5th edition. I don't want to talk about what the creature is because that's half Spoiler. the excitement, yeah. right? But there are different levels or threat levels between the two editions, between 5th and 2nd edition. Yeah. So uh, it does not pan evenly. So I'm right. going to have to kind of do something for a level 1 encounter, basically. Yeah. But I have that, that at least as a guideline. So 
that's something that uh, will be interesting introspection that we can do for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of analysis we can make there. Um, as soon as I can get some people to playing, I know it's the holiday season and you guys are traveling, and it's a lot harder to commit to games. Uh, this is technically a one shot, so it will be, um, you know, low uh, commitment required for it. So this is the game we we were talking about at the beginning where Jack Jackie ran at Gen Con that lasted a couple hours, a few hours. So um, right, I think I could probably stretch it to four. I think that would be. An ideal time for one shots. What do you think? Is yeah. two hours, four hours? I think like three to four hours is deal. fine. Um, yeah, I think I think for a one shot, it's easier to go longer um, because you know everyone's there for you know for just they're focused on the game. So I think four hours is good. But I think after four hours, there's going to be some gaming fatigue happen yeah. where people are going to need to to break for food or break for bio breaks definitely so i think that covers all the events next up we have picked um what was i don't the, think uh, we've picked next event? week's yet did we yeah we had something for it i know you put a bunch of good ideas in the in our in uh discord private messages but i don't know if we actually picked one or not um originally for the twitter poll that we posted next time we oh need to yeah more sandbox right sandbox the next subject yeah. is sandbox. which will be very so, interesting because i know that's like really the main way jackie runs their game so i'll be interested to see what I, they have honestly, to say honestly uh we should probably like warn people ahead of time maybe we should probably do this one um on the twitch or we'll see how the how the youtube analytics work um but if we're doing that next Sunday, we should probably plan for a little bit longer topic since yeah. we're definitely going to go over because you and I both have a lot to talk about as, as yeah. far as what is a uh, sandbox and how to run it. Right. Um, yeah, look, look forward to that. We'll post on Twitter whether we're going to be running it on you know YouTube or Twitch. Um, we'll see. We'll see what that goes. I think we need to give YouTube a few a few sessions before. We make any determinations there, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it, that's all I is, got. We are so. going into the the holiday season, so our our numbers might change based on people's availability. In fact, or do we have any? Are we taking any days off here soon? Uh, all the holidays did not fall on. Yeah, you're right. Time, we're so we're, we're, we're clear. So sweet. All right, well, uh, we will see you all next week then. Um, again, join us in the Discord. Hit the like and subscribe button, all that jazz. We'd love to interact with you folks more. Um, if, you're on, if you're watching us on YouTube and whatnot, leave a comment as well. Like, Tell us what you thought of this kind of format, what you thought of the switch to YouTube, uh, all that kind of stuff. We'd love to hear your guys' opinions on that. So, yeah, until next time, happy gaming.